The truth is they have an opportunity to help shape the future, to help shape their jobs, and to help bring in the type of technology that will really empower them to do better. Bingo. Bingo, bingo. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's Sales Strategy and Enablement Podcast. I'm Alistair Wilcox, CSRO here at Revenue.io, with my fantastic co-host, founder, CEO, and a lifelong learner of all things revenue science, Howard Brown. Listen, today, we're really excited we're going to do a QA episode from some of your calling questions. And unsurprisingly, the internet is ablaze, and all things generative AI are popping up left, right, and center. Now... Howard, before we dive into the call of questions, you know, you've been around the world of AI. Revenue.io has been in the AI space now for five, seven years in terms of conversation, the behavior-based, all of that. And generative is finally, it's like this awakening around artificial intelligence of what is possible and actually what it is going to do for the very basics of jobs. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'd love just to start before we go into the QA, your perspective and why you're as excited as everyone else about this now, I, I call it the awakening and acceptance of AI that, that I said you've been working on for years. Yeah, it's a hugely exciting time. When you think about all that's possible in the world of generative AI, we're just starting to touch the surface. It's incredible to see the excitement that people have about generative AI and chat GPT because it's really the first time we can touch AI. We can literally touch it with our hands. We can ask questions. We can get responses. The idea that this model has studied tons and tons of content and conversations and literature and fact sheets and the internet and people, and now can respond to human language and provide incredible answers is a incredibly exciting time, but it's just the beginning. There's a lot of fear, absolutely, what jobs will be replaced, what jobs will surface because of it. And I think that's worth spending some time on. It's not just about displacing people. It's literally about augmenting human intelligence with the AI. We've been talking about that for years by studying conversations, by studying the way sales teams engage with their prospects, their customers. Now is an opportunity to take it to the next level. How do we implore, how do we empower sales teams, front office teams to better communicate, to better deal with the issues we know our buyers and customers are having? So I'm hugely excited about the possibilities, the prospects of using AI in everything we do. Well, as am I, but let's take it to the street and let's get some of our caller questions in and see where their heads are at. Because you and I, I know, can excitedly get all caught up in all things AI on any given day. But, yo, know, let's let's cue the first caller question and uh, see what's going on. Hey, Howard. Hey, Alistair. Love the show. Um, so I have a question for you guys. There's a lot of excitement about what generative AI can mean for sales. But I feel like it's also bringing up a lot of questions about misinformation and job displacement. What would you say is the best way to approach my sales team to sell them on generative AI without scaring them into job hunting? Thanks. That's a great question. Um, Howard, do you want to go first? 
Sure. I think, look, communication is key mm-hmm. and transparency is key. And I think there's a lot of questions about where this is all going. And none of us, quite frankly, have the answer. It's not like we can project into the future and know what's going to happen. What I can say is go to your sales team, go to these individuals and ask them, what if they have they played with ChatGPT? Where do they think it would help them in their job? How, how have they used generative? What have they read? What have they heard that might help them at your company to really use this to help them advance? Is it training? Is it coaching? Is it education? Is it helping them write emails? Is it helping them summarize details? It's really about communicating what your thoughts are around it and listening to what theirs are. You can't reassure them that everything's going to be perfect and their jobs aren't going to change. That's not the truth. The truth is they have an opportunity to help shape the future, to help shape their jobs, and to help bring in the type of technology that will really empower them to do better, to improve their performance. So I think open conversation at this point is probably the most helpful. Yeah, and, and I want to piggyback on this. Say, so, Howard, there was, as everybody knows in the world of tech and AI, there was the open letter signed by hundreds of people you know, a month or so ago, uh, almost two now, challenging that we should pause this, right? You, you had everybody from you know the Elon Musk all the way through different venture firms, bunch of people saying, hey, look, AI is going to have such an impact. We just need to pause before we turn this stuff loose. Now, personally, vehemently disagree with that. And even uh, my old firm, Gartner, is about to come out with a piece that they are going to challenge and openly disagree with that open letter as well. Your companies and enterprises today, this, this is one of those leapfrog moments. And I get it scary. I understand that people are going, wow, suddenly you have generative things that are able to do manual workflow steps, create content. They're able to replicate voice. They're able to do all of these things. Like, and, and the rate of learning is compounded week over week. But the very real reality is like this is, this is for these companies. Remember, the average enterprise today is very immature in what they do in sales. And so they, how do they mature? It's not linear anymore. This is a 10x moment. This is what technology does that is amazing. This is one of those multiplier moments where you can apply AI, think of the role, and and think of how you turn every employee, every seller into a 10x seller. And if you're not challenging and thinking that way as a sales leader, and you're not setting the tone for your team to think that way, you're going to get left behind. And, and, and I know that's a very aggressive, progressive stance on the usage of this, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of governance, compliance. There's all kinds of things we could pick apart to say, why not? But you know, you're going to have the camps that say no because of risk. You're going to have the camps that get the 10x multiplication and you take share in the market. I'd rather be on that side of that. And, and Howard, I'm thinking of, you know, you've been in conversations in the, you know, in the banking world and finance and in some of the biggest firms out there that are making this overture to every CEO that this is going to displace. It is going to drive change. But that doesn't mean displacement 
replaces people. It augments people and turns them into 10Xers. And it's that mentality that I think is is so key for everybody to embrace and understand. I, and I, I feel your excitement and I feel the internet's excitement and I feel the excitement amongst CEOs and other leaders. At the same time, there is that fear. And I think how we reshape that fear is by empowering people to think about how they could use this to benefit their life, to benefit the jobs they do. How do we take these tasks, these mundane tasks, and eliminate them so that we as human beings can focus on what we do great, our creativity, our connection with others, our problem solving. We cannot think about this as you're going to put the genie back in the bottle. It's out. So now it's time to have real, open, honest conversations about how to use the technology to empower people, to help connect people, to help solve problems that we weren't able to do in the past because we were bogged down by the mundane, the boring, the things that aren't as interesting. This is an exciting time. I believe that if we get the creative thinking of our teams, if we talk to them openly about what the opportunity and challenges are, it's limitless. Yeah. The idea today that generative AI is here, you're not, that's not going to change. It's how do we use it? How do we get people to think about how they hone the power of generative AI? How do they come up with the prompts that will help them better connect? That's where the future is going. So it's exciting. I know it's scary. There's a lot to think about. There's a lot to be challenged by, but I urge you, put your fear away, not, not disregard it. It needs to be studied. We need to do a lot of work around it, but absolutely bring that creative self. Think about how to solve problems with this technology. All right, let's go into our next question because otherwise we'll run out of time and we will never get through more than one. So <laughs> let, let's see what our next caller is worried about here. Hey, Howard and Alistair. This is Susan calling from Laramie, Wyoming. Love listening to the podcast. Uh, question for you. How is generative AI going to challenge common existing sales models? Thanks so much. Well, I think, you know, as I think about that, Howard, it's a first off a great question, right? So you think of, if you're a sales leader today and you're considering generative AI, what I'd actually start is think of your sales model and just literally ask your sellers of all the things that are manual tasks that are not that are not sales orientated, they're not communication orientated, they're not actually doing the job of selling. And can you use generative to help on that? And and you know, you think in terms of the sales model. I'll use a very tactical example, right? We have released the uh, generative email summarization, so you don't have to send write emails anymore. You don't have to write them. Nobody likes to write follow-up emails. Okay, so that's a great example of a task that is not really what you pay a seller to do. You don't pay them to be great writers and write emails all day long, but generative can now automate that step. Yeah, they do a little bit of polishing on it, and then it's out the door. That's a productivity gate. And just simply go through every single task in your sales model and ask yourself, is that something I can now augment with artificial intelligence? And I don't think it's always generative. It, it just AI in general is how I would suggest looking at it. But what's your thoughts? Yeah, I look, I think that 
the opportunity to focus on the sales model has never been more great. Because if I think about a sales model, it's really how do I connect with my buyers or customers to deliver the most of value? Whether you're a challenger, medic, med pick, the idea is that you as a seller deliver value to them. You help them make a decision uh, based on information, whether or not your product or service will help solve their business problem. Hopefully that's baked into whatever sales methodology you use. Now, if I can automate a lot of the tasks that don't allow me to focus on really that customer, their needs, helping bring value to them, that is the point of having a sales methodology. It's understanding your buyer. It's connecting with them. It's delivering value. That that's, should be underneath every sales model. So I believe all the generative stuff actually helps me further that cause, which is bring more value, be able to answer more questions, build case studies, build use case, build like that to me is where our sellers can focus. So it really helps us reinforce what's important about a sales methodology. Yeah. When, when I think of the scope here, right. And I think just AI in general, the thing I would say to, you know, this question of how is AI going to challenge existing sales models? We have been in the field of real-time intelligence for several years now. Real-time augmentation of the rep to rise and meet the expectation of the buyer is exactly what the market wants right now. Spot on. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, you know, ChatGPT and all these things have suddenly created the, oh, AI is here. What I would tell you is, you know, a lot of this actually has already been in the works for several years and the technology is there and large enterprises are doing this and it is augmenting the sales model with the intelligence to help the rep meet that expectation because it's a big gap, that expectation. Howard, you and I talk about that all the time. You know, there is, there is a knowledge gap that now exists today where you have a high volume ISR, BDR, SDR as an example. They, they just got to try to reach to people, connect with them personalization isn't just reading LinkedIn, right? Then they get, uh, they actually talk with people. They, you know, they might be talking with you. And if, if they got lucky and you happen to pick up and all of those things, well, there's a, there's a 20, 30 year intellectual and experience gap there. Yep. That's an unfair game. Real-time intelligence that is already said, been in market for a few years now is front and center. It's, it's simply now the application of it, I think is going to hyper accelerate as a result of all of this. Yeah, that's and that's the point, right? Our, our real-time application, the whole point of it was to help the seller in the moment that they're engaging with buyers to help buyers get what they need out of sellers, help sellers meet the expectations of buyers. It's kind of what this generative thing is about, right? Like I have a question I can go to chat GPT, I can ask it a question and it gives me a very valuable answer right away. That's what we expect now from technology. The reason people love chat GPT is it literally gives them immediate results that are really, really good. It helps them deal with whatever problem, whatever information they're looking for right now. Now imagine that in the context of, I'm in a conversation. It's listening. My buyer has questions. I'm not trained enough to handle every single question. What does the technology do? It informs me on how to best solve the problem, answer the question that the buyer has. 
That's what we've been doing for years. Now it's the idea of putting that in a text bot or text uh, chat. Guess what? Super important. But where this continues to impress and amaze us is the ability to listen live to conversations, to meetings, and help reps take the next step and meet that buyer's challenges, meet that customer's challenges, and essentially turn every rep into an expert. Agreed. The other piece of advice I would have for people, Howard, and then we'll go to the next question, is invest and understand how to do prompt-based engineering now. Right. So when you think of your sales methodology, medic, medpick, challenger, band, whatever you want to use, right? We all know the stages. They're very well documented. You know the tasks that need to occur. But how are you driving prompt-based insight to reinforce the sales process and methodology itself? And then applying that through real-time intelligence, right? Because you, you don't, no rep wakes up and goes, oh, I love any sales process. I've never met any that like, oh, I, I love it. It's just a way of creating a common language and approach for a company to scale in the enterprise. Okay, so Alistair, sorry, I got to interrupt, but prompt engineering, what the heck is that? Yeah. So that Alistair doesn't take it too far down the rabbit hole. It's the idea of asking the right question. So the, the inputs, right, will get you the right output. So you can't just ask a question in a general way. If you're asking a question and you want it to answer in the voice of Abraham Lincoln, you got to prompt chat GPT to answer in the voice of Abraham Lincoln. So again, it's making sure you understand just because you're asking a question, if you don't give it context to answer those questions, it's probably not going to be that helpful. Bingo. Bingo, bingo. Let's leave that question there. And sales ops people, go learn how to do exactly what Howard just outlined. You need to know how to do that. All right. I think we can try to squeeze in one or two more. Uh, let, let's go. Next next caller question. Hey, Howard and Alistair. Quick question. Um, is generative AI going to make the SDR role obsolete or just change it? Thanks, guys, for all the great insights on the podcast. I got this one. I absolutely do not believe that it will make the SDR role obsolete. Now, what does the SDR role encompass? That I think will change dramatically, right? The idea that they are the first point of contact within a organization, right? So I, as a buyer, need to either reach out or reach into somebody to answer questions. Sure, I can ask a chat bot, but a lot of people like to talk to a human being. They want to make sure that the organization understands their particular challenges, understands their use case, they feel heard. I think that's one of the key roles of a sales development rep. It's to one, obviously discover, find out some information, and then it's hopefully to answer some questions and build that connection so that when that lead or that customer is ready to talk to an AE or an overlay specialist or maybe a customer success rep, they've already engaged with the company. I can't have all of my AEs talking to every person who calls into the company. At the same time, the SDR role is about doing some outbound prospecting, obviously. Now, what do I expect from my prospecting? I expect a rep that is fully informed on my business on my use case, on my earnings. They understand my role. 
They understand the challenges I face. And now they're going to have a conversation with me about all of that information and how their service or product will help me deliver better results, will turn me into a better sales leader, turn me into a better whatever, a better version of myself. So I don't believe that the SDR role goes away. I feel that this data, this generative AI, this AI empowers them to do more of that connecting, to be more human, to use all of this information, to have better conversations, to write better emails, to better connect. Don't get me wrong. Yes, people will be replaced, but it's the people that are able to hone this technology. They will outperform their peers. So it's not a matter of replacing all SDRs. It's a matter of replacing SDRs that refuse to embrace this technology and use it to provide better results. I think it's a great answer. I agree and disagree, partially. And I think everything you just said is exactly right what's happening right now in the world. And I think probably for the next easily probably three, four or five years. But yeah, I do think that's the timeline. Where my disagreement maybe jumps in is I'm not as concrete or absolute that the role isn't going away. I do think longer term, and, and you were kind of hinting to this, Howard, it, it's absolutely changing, right? The, the task and what that SDR does, an SDR, BDR, that role is going to essentially evolve into full lifecycle ISRs because a bunch of the front-end tasks, the emailing will be self-generated. The outreaching uh, flows will be self-generated. The you know, next best action can be supported. Like, there's so much in that buying journey and connectivity that generative and AI in general will now supplement. Today it augments, future state replaces. That SDR function is going to become more full lifecycle ISR be because of it. So I think I agree, but I also think you're like, we're probably saying the same thing. It's an evolution of this. Yes. And you better be embracing it. Absolutely. You better be looking at this right now because, again, this is the 10x moment. Yeah. This is what the internet was in 1996. And and you could sit around and not build domains and wait and see and see what happens. Or you literally go experiment and start to think of those workflows and tasks that can be supplemented with AI right now to help that SDR re be augmented with the intelligence and just have a better conversation. Who doesn't want a better conversation? 100%. It's how do we improve conversations, communications? And I certainly, I don't know where we're going to be in three to five years, but what I definitely can say is it better align with the expectations of our buyers. So I don't know what the role is called. I don't know where we're going with all of it. But what I can say is I'm crystal clear that buyers' expectations will change of all roles. And that if we're not thinking about what the buyers expect from our AI, from our individuals, whether they're SDRs, AEs, CSMs, that is the core focus. So we need to study the buyers and our customers and what their needs are and how those needs are changing with all of this generative AI and make sure that we're training and educating and building the type of roles that will support the customer with this technology. Howard, I love connecting with you every time on this topic. For our callers today, thanks for sending in those questions. You know, we are out of time. 
But you got the man, the legend of revenue science telling us exactly where things are going with generative AI. Howard, let's keep on top of this. We are heads down in this and have been for years now as a firm. And and it is just exciting to see this all now percolating up into general mainstream. So thanks everyone for your questions. Don't forget to like and subscribe and submit your questions in. Howard and I will do our best to answer those in a future episode. You can reach us at 323-540-4777. That's 323-540-4777. And we will see you next time on the podcast. Thanks, Alistair.